The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfit a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. Polyfeed Pam. Andrew, I just read the strangest Hinge profile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> do you, which so one yeah, would you swipe? Is... Which, way, which way would you swipe? It's <laughs> mm, swipe right is when it's you don't. You reject. Okay. I reject. Okay. This is the same deal with me, Mr. Mustard, except it's somehow possibly based on two different women. I, I do like it more than Mustard, though. It's not like John ever, tie, ever lied and said he came up with these characters entirely from nothing. Um, but his brain. Uh, the song does rock harder than the previous song, I would say. It clearly influenced Guy by Voices again. Mm-hmm. It does expand the BCU, the Beatles and the Accurators. Some more. Um, I'm not mad at it. It's inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, I suppose. But, hey, what isn't, am I right? <laughs> We are, after all, doing a missives about every Beatles song on a podcast. <laughs> We're all just dusting the wind, baby. That's right, Ben. Yeah. You know, I like this song a lot more than Mustard as well. Uh, but I think that's because it's more musically interesting. Like, I love Ringo's drums on it. Even Ringo came up with a great idea. Um, <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. And also the guitars are really muscular and fun. Like it's a great, albeit short rocker. This is this is more like when I think of Guided by Voices and what they do, it's like it's this. Um but this is again another one that it's tough to pull it away from the larger work. Like mm-hmm. I wish it was longer, more fleshed out. I think it would have been a great song if it was finished. Like uh the Rihanna song Birthday. It's only like a minute long it's a good beat but i don't know everyone's that song. like where's the rest of the song oh uh yeah it gets freaky a little bit um what is riri after all? Mm-hmm. riri baby fenty um Palfi pan was recorded as one with paul's she came in through the bathroom window it was the only time two separate songs by the two writers were recorded as one the song recounts with some poetic license the tale of a liverpool scrubber with an almost comical fetish, sung in a thick scoose accent for earthy authenticity. It harks back to the Beatles' early days performing in Merseyside's seedier venues. It also resurrects the group's yeah, yeah, yeah refrain from the days of She Loves You, which I never uh, yeah. clocked until... Yeah. It, makes, and it makes a lot of sense. They also did an All You Need Is Love, but whatever. But yeah, it's more of like the tempo, I guess, right? Yeah. The character of Polyphene Pam is believed to have been drawn from two women from different times in the Beatles' existence. The first was Pat Dawson, a Liverpoolian fan from the group's early days who was known as Polyphene Pat, through her somewhat improbable love of the substance. Pat Dawson was interviewed in A Hard Day's Right by Steve Turner, and she said, I started to see the Beatles in 1961 when I was 14, and I got quite friendly with them. They were playing out of town. They'd give me a lift back home in their van. It was about the same time I started getting called Polyphene Pat. It's embarrassing, really. I just used to eat polyphena all the time. I tied it in knots and then eat it. Sometimes they would use it to burn it and then eat it when it got cold. 
Then I had a friend who got a job at a polyphene bag factory, which was wonderful because it meant I had a constant supply. Okay, so we're eating bags. How did she yeah. not die from eating just straight? I mean, like, we talk about, like, you know, we're all eating microplastics, but she's literally eating plastic. Yeah. Oh, my God. A, and then it, it, uh, it gets stranger or more kinky. Because the second woman that Polyphene Pam was uh, referencing was the girlfriend of English beat poet Royston Ellis, for whom the Beatles had performed as a backing band in Liverpool in June 1960. The group remained friends with Ellis for some years, and in 63, John Lennon had a memorable encounter with Ellis and his girlfriend, Stephanie. John Lennon in 1980 said, That was me remembering a little event with a woman in Jersey, and a man who was England's answer to Allen Ginsberg, who gave us our first exposure. This is so long, you can't deal with all this. You see, everything triggers amazing memories. I met him when we were on tour, and he took me back to his apartment, and I had a girl, and he had one he wanted to meet. He said she dressed up in polythene, which she did. She didn't wear jackboots and kilts, I just sort of elaborated. Perverted sex in a polythene bag. Just looking for something to write about. Now, this is what I thought the song was about. Like yeah, she yeah, was yeah. like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like was dressed in like you know some kind mm. of getup like that. The incident actually occurred after the Beatles' concerts on August eighth, nineteen sixty-three. Alice and Stephanie invited Lennon back to their rented flat where the three wore polythene and shared a bed out of curiosity about kinky sex. And Royston Ellis was interviewed in a Hard Day's Right by Steve Turner. We'd read all these things about litter, and we didn't have any litter, but I had my oil skins, and we had some polyphene bags from somewhere. We all dressed up in them and wore them in bed. John stayed the night with us in the same bed. I don't think anything very exciting happened, and we all wondered what the fun was in being kinky. It was probably more my idea than John's. That was a bit of a letdown. It is time for Jeff Remembers. Jeff Remembers. Jeff Remembers. Things weren't quite so pleasant when we returned the following week to tackle John's polyphene Pam. John was unhappy with Ringo's drumming. Commenting acidly at one point, it sounded like Dave Clark, which was clearly not meant as a compliment. I liked a Dave Clark 5, I don't know. Yeah. He, he was so impatient at Ringo's inability to come up with a suitable part, he finally said, sod it, let's just put one down anyway. But Ringo was upset, John was unhappy with his drumming, and he spent a good deal of time working on it with Paul, even after the backing track was done. Finally, he said to John, why don't we just record the backing track again? I think I've got a part you'll like now. But Lennon waved him off. I'm not playing the bloody song again, Ring. If you want to redo the drums, go ahead and overdub them. That night, Ringo did just that. Fortunately, we were working in 8-track, so I was able to record a new drum track without erasing the old one. It took many hours to do, but Ringo eventually pulled it off, managing to play the new drum part from start to finish without losing the beat. And those were the days before we had click tracks. So his only reference was the original drum track, which we fed to him through headphones. For all of the kerfuffle, they were fun tracks to record, and the ensemble playing was superb. Sitting up in the Studio 2 control room, I commented to George Martin, it sounded like old-style Beatles, like the four of them playing together as a band, circa 1963. You're right, George said sardonically. You never guess that the four of them actually can't stand each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Beatles recorded a demo at George Harrison's bungalow because it was possibly for the White Album. Obviously, it didn't happen. 
Poffy Pam was also played by the Beatles towards the end of the Get Back Let It Be sessions. In the final mix, John Lennon can be heard saying, Yeah, great, and oh, listen to that now. <laughs> oh, look out. However, during the recording, he also said, Fab, that's great, and real good that, real good. The full interjections can be heard on The Long One, an early mix of the medley on the 50th anniversary deluxe reissue of Happy Road. In his description of the song, author Ian McDonald likens Lennon's massive opening acoustic guitar chords to the Who's Pinball Wizard, which was a single at the time. Okay. I am, can hear that totally. 1976, Roy Wood of ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, recorded a song for the musical documentary All This in World War II. Uh, Adam and his package, they covered the song on the album Make You Love with altered lyrics, and it was titled P.P. Doo-Doo, parentheses Doo-Doo. When Mojo released Abbey Road Now in 2009, as part of the magazine's series of CDs of Beatles albums covered track by track by modern artists, Palfi Pan was covered by Corner Shop, Alongside me, Mr. Buster. Love Count, zero. <laughs> Josie Scale, uh, it does rock, but I'm going to give it a Josie. I uh, can't agree more. It rocks, but it's a Josie. Sorry, Polyphene Pam. You ate Polyphene for nothing. <sighs> hey, you could say the, ba- the bags were attractively built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.